Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello there, dear friends, and welcome to another edition of On Mike with Jordan Rich. Conversation alive and well with creative people who have a lot to say and a lot to offer. Today, we sit down and chat with Christy Cashman. Christy is a woman of many talents. She's an actress. She's an entrepreneur devoted to many fine charities. And she's also a novelist who's written a terrific book, a coming-of-age story, if you will, called The Truth About Horses. And yes, it has a lot to do with those majestic animals. I love the book, and I know you'll love our conversation. Christy is dynamic, expressive, and her passion shines through. So let's do it. The author of The Truth About Horses, Christy Cashman, joins us now on Mike. I love horses. I know nothing about horses except I love to look at them. I love to ride them occasionally, uh, very slowly. <laughs> but uh, I learned a ton about horses in this wonderful book. So congratulations. You, you have a new fan. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's great. Christy, you have a background that suggests this was the perfect theme for a book, horses. Tell us about it. I'd say very much so. I mean, I, I remember someone telling me, you know that sometimes when you when they say write what you know i really took that to heart in terms of the world in which i created um i mean i haven't spent a lot of time in south dakota but um i did you know some research watched some videos and that kind of thing but the barn and the horses in the barn and the inhabitants of the barn it's like a, it was a world that was really at my fingertips, and I was able to do that. And I remember somebody saying, hey, if you create a world and it's believable, then people will, you know, they won't really care what happens. They just want to be in that world with you. <laughs> and I don't know if that's true, but I, I, I feel like that when I read my favorite novels really plant me firmly in a world. And so I tried hard to do that. Well, you are an equestrian, which is uh, the proper term. You enjoy mm -hmm. horse shows and riding and all that. But you grew up in a rather large family, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. What, were you nine of ten, apparently? Yeah, I'm the ninth <laughs> of ten. Five girls and five boys. Oh, and even split. So how does that yeah. work out in terms of the attention that you probably uh, all seek from two people, your parents? How did yeah. that work out? <laughs> Um, well, you know, I think in part that's what horses did for me and have, that was almost like my real estate in the family. Mm -hmm. I loved, I was the horse lover, you know, we had the piano player and the ballerina and the, and the, the pilot and the artist, you know, and I think <laughs> that maybe I, my identity was wrapped up in horses, maybe for that reason, you know, to to say this is what I'm I'm going to pursue. I don't know. Well, but I thought about that. Yeah, the bond that we discover in the novel and we'll talk about it in a sec is is beyond just animal to human. It's it's spiritual in many ways, but let's mm -hmm. explore the storyline because it involves a young girl, her name is Reese, she's about 14 and she's into horses in a big way as is her family and then tragedy strikes. I don't know how much you want to share 
uh, plot-wise. You don't have to give away any of the really juicy details, but what's happening? Yeah, I mean, I think it's enough to say that there's a couple of serious tragedies that really change the trajectory of the protagonist Reese's life, and and in that she um, we find her two years after these tragedies in in a, in a place where she just really doesn't feel like she belongs anywhere. She doesn't feel like she belongs at school. She doesn't believe feel that she be, has friends that she's connected to because she, having those tragedies really kind of, I guess, you know, separated her from everyone in a way. And that, that's what it does in those early years. I'm familiar with that, you know. And then what happens is she's just in this state of longing for her old life and what she had and that feeling of belonging. And, and part of that was this horse that her mother had raised. And after the tragedy, they had to sell the farm and all the horses and everything. And all she really wanted was to be back at that barn with that horse and bring him home. And so she sets off on this quest of finding him. And during that quest, she and her father are further distanced from each other emotionally because all she wants is her old life back and all he wants is to pretend it never happened and to move on and and not really face the grief that they both mm. experience. That is very poignant and, and it happens all so often mm-hmm. when uh, when one person is is taken away for whatever reason, and the other person, meaning the adult, has to sort of fill the gap. And it's there's no guidebook to doing it, really. Yeah, and you just true. have to wade through it. It's interesting. I, I, there are a lot of things about the book that I want to talk to you about. Uh, one of them, of course, is the relationship with Reese and her dad. And uh, I, I don't know what other readers are saying, but I felt sorry, more sorry for the dad at times because he was bumbling and fumbling his way through, and you knew he has a heart of gold, but he just couldn't express it. Are people yeah. saying that, readers saying that too? You know, I'm so glad that you do say that. A lot of people get really angry with the dad, but and angry with Reese, but all they are is, as you said, fumbling and bumbling and, 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 and not able to you know, connect with each other because they're in so much pain. So I'm really happy to hear that you mm-hmm. say that you that you were compassionate towards the dad. Because I always feel like he's a good guy. He's just, <laughs> he's just, you know, an idiot. He never, <laughs> he never really figured out, right. um, you know, life happened to him in, in a bad, big, scary way. And, and you know, he was young and, and, you know, a young father. And that's, I think, really, really hard to know how to, deal with that kind of grief. It is hard, and it's uh, it's also the fact that, you know, you try to cover with whatever it might be. Some people drink, some people shop, some people gamble, other people mm-hmm. date, which is yeah. the case in, in the book. He dates a lot of women, and that right. obviously compels his daughter to be very uh, antagonistic, to say the least. But uh, she's a remarkably strong character. Is she based on anybody, perhaps your yourself or anybody in your life? No, I was never like that. I was never that strong. <laughs> I was never that snarky, maybe till I got older. Um, you know, I, life kind of happened to me, too. And I think that uh, that, 
you know, it's so strange when you when you do have tragedy when you're young because a part of you, I think, is always left behind in that in that um, place where you're just a little bit dumbstruck. You yeah, know, time like, sort of stands still at that moment, and you you yeah. can't get that moment back. That and I guess it's considered arrested development or something like that. But and it does feel like that, and I'm sure that that's true for everyone. And it. And that, and that tragedy doesn't have to be a, a, such a significant loss as what Reese experienced, but it can be really kind of anything, I think. And um, and it's you know it, it it stops you in your tracks, and then but life keeps happening. You've got to move on. You've got to wake up every day and face the music and whatever way that is. And so um, I think that. I think that with Reese and her dad, it was so much about about needing to grieve together, find a way back to each other. Yes, absolutely. We're talking with Christy Cashman. He's written a, she's written a first novel. It's called The Truth About Horses. And let's talk about that title for a second, because um, everyone has their image of the horse. If you're old enough, it's Mr. Ed, talking horse. If you're... <laughs> If you're me, uh, you know, it's it's riding on a ranch with somebody pulling the reins <laughs> so, um, or watching a great horse race or whatever. But uh, the truth about horses is they are mysterious. They are magical. And you incorporate some of that magic into the story, don't you? Yeah, I tried to. Yeah. Um, and that was a weird part of the writing process because it was either going to work or it wasn't, you know. Um, during the process, I had people read it, and some people said, you know, just why don't you just, if you don't, because at times I didn't know what those, that herd of horses meant, you know, when I was writing it, but I was writing it out of a feeling rather than, you know, I think writing, really good writing comes from your subconscious, not, not your thinking conscious brain. You know, it's more feeling that you're writing out of. And that came from a feeling that I just wanted that in there somehow, some way. And I remember some early readers looking at it and suggesting maybe they take the magical realism aspect out of the book and just make it about Reese and her father. And that way it's not confusing or whatever. But I I felt really strongly that I needed to keep it and somehow make it work, you know? And so that became my challenge. Um, uh, on that part of the story, that sort of subplot. And I'm so glad I kept it. I mean, it's, to me, what makes the book work. You know, it makes it, I think, you know, stand out from just a regular horse story, I guess. Oh, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm so glad that you did. And uh, there's a, I hate to use the word payoff, but there is a payoff. I'll use it anyway. That is very satisfying to me as a reader. And what we're referring to, folks, if, if, who haven't yet read the novel, The Truth About Horses, is uh, the young girl, Reese, uh, claims, and she believes it, and why shouldn't she, to have seen this herd of majestic horses led by one strong, big monster of a black horse. <laughs> <laughs> which has so much, so many allegorical meanings to it. It was uh, great. Talk about the horse that she's in love with, um, the the lead horse that's going to race in the key. In oh, the trusted key treasure. Trusted treasure. Yeah. So she's her history with that horse is that her mother bought him at a, at an auction. There's a scene actually that is flashback scene of when they were together and 
at an auction and this crazy young horse comes into the ring to be sold and he just is so uh, uncooperative, you know, he's not doing anything that the cowboys want him to do. And so his price, the auctioneer just keeps going down and down in the price. <laughs> and eventually the mother, her mother raises the paddle and buys this young foal and the father's angry with her. He's like, what are you doing buying that horse? He's going to kill you. You know, it's like, um, he, he's, he can't be trained. There's something wrong with him. Well, the mother is very patient and, and, uh, lets the horse trust her and, um, waits for the horse to trust her. And then this horse, of course, is the one that, that is racing in the black elk race um, when we first, uh, in the prologue, and it's the same horse that Reese is searching for throughout the story. Perfect name, Trusted Treasure. She had to earn <laughs> its trust, and, and the horse had to trust her. It, it's a, a beautiful, and that's a kind of uh, storyline that works in a lot of stories about horses. I mean, Black Beauty, I, I'm remembering, um, Seabiscuit, all, all of these great stories. There's that wonderful connection between the rider and the horse. Yeah, well, of course, I read all those books, and all of the ones when I was younger as well, the um, Misty of Chincoteague, and My Friend Flicka, and Black Stallion, <laughs> yes. and, you know, just, I could read every horse book I could get my hands on. We're at the point now I want to talk to you about one particular character, and you know who I'm going to refer to. His name is Wes, and he is the strong, silent type, literally. <laughs> And uh, what a great character because he's basically mute from most of the uh, most of the reading, and yet he's expressive in so many ways. Is he drawn from anybody you know, or any character in literature or in movies? Or I was just intrigued by a selective mute. I didn't even know what the you know that term was until I had it. I had written some of his character and shared it in a um, in a class in a writing class. And one of the people in the class said, you know, what you're describing is a selective mute, someone who can speak but chooses not to. Chooses and that's not usually to. because of some sort of a tragedy that they've experienced that I guess has left them without words in a way. You know, they no longer find a reason or, or a purpose for words or they feel like they haven't been heard anyway. That's partly, I think, what... Um, West is about, but yeah, he also is um, a selective mute for those very reasons, mm -hmm. and and um, <laughs> it was, you know, writing a novel, choosing to have a character who doesn't speak isn't the easiest <laughs> challenge. <laughs> that's that's a bit of a challenge for your first time out, I know. Yeah, yeah. But it's so effective because he is, in a sense, a horse whisperer, even though he's not even whispering, we can hear him. But he's, yep. he's so uh, intense, and he has a way to communicate. And he communicates very well with Reese, and she gets him, which makes a lot of sense. She's a young girl. Uh, she's not falling in love with him in, in the romantic sense, which is great. Mm -hmm. But she's yeah. learning about responsibility and duty and respect. And I, I just love their relationship very, very much. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. It was... It was um some people have said to me, I really wanted them to fall in love. You know, I really wanted there to be a love story. And I didn't. I really strongly didn't want a love story, even though when you look at, 
you know, if you look at a handbook for writing a young adult novel, you know, one of the things in there that they say is, you know, to have a first, you know, your first serious love or your first, uh, your first love, I guess. And, um, and I, I think we should start steering away from that in literature in a way, because, you know, we aren't necessarily supposed to be looking to fulfill ourselves totally from someone else all the time. You know, I think it's a very personal journey of, and fulfilling mm. oneself. And, and when you always look out to try to find someone to fulfill you, you're always going to be disappointed, you know, I think. And so I felt like it was such a more important story to tell that Reese does this journey. Yes, Wes is a messenger of sorts in the book. You know, he is definitely an important character and one that they can bond together and have this friendship together. Um, and mentorship, really. I mean, he was really her mentor. And that's that's really important in life. Yeah, he was there for her as a mentor when her father was not. And I, right. I, I would contend that there is a love story here. It's a different kind of love, which is refreshing to <laughs> read about Thank once in a you. while. I love that. Yeah, yeah no, 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 I no. I, I, I wanted, I desperately wanted her to get back with her father, and we won't give anything away. But I was mm-hmm. so happy that there was somebody, and you, you actually wrote a male character, uh, faults and all that you could respect and admire and look up to, and I appreciated that very, very much. There's, <laughs> there's, another, there's another very key part of the story that I want to talk to you about, and then I want to chat with you a little bit about the rest of your amazing life, and that is the birth of, uh, with all of the horse that gives birth. Uh, at first, it's not good. It doesn't work the way it's supposed to work, and that happens in nature and life. But that was some of the most gripping um, emotionally charged reading I've done in a long time to Aww. go through almost with the horse and almost with, certainly with Reese. You want to yeah. chat about that a bit? Well, I was crying when I wrote that scene. You know, it was hard to write because, um, you know, animals do feel loss. And and if you, you know, read those books that I was telling you about before, um, and or watch films about wild horses, you know, their babies will die and they'll just, the mothers will just stay with them, you know, or the the reverse will happen. The mother will die and the baby stays mm. with them. And, and they really can die of a broken heart, you know. Um, and I think that's what, what Olive was on the verge of. And um, <clears throat> I think it was, you know, Reese's love for her that brought her back, the, gave her the will to yeah, live. Yeah, it's beautifully written scenes. Um, of course, we're, we're not neglecting the fact that there's a lot of humor, a lot of humor in the book. But there's one particular scene. It's kind of like uh, American Pie, whatever that movie was, you know, uh, and you're a movie <laughs> person. There's a scene that people just remember, and there's one in the book that will stand out. You may not ever eat a cupcake again. But uh, we'll just—I wanted to get a laugh out of you on that one. Um, let's just before we move off and talk a little bit about your other endeavors, and then we'll come back to it. The fact that these majestic, wonderful animals um, are often traded and sold, obviously, but uh, 
are often abused and not taken care of and not tended to. And then when you see somebody like Reese, who's so ardently passionate about taking care of them, I mean, there is a, there's a difference in how people treat animals. I think uh, I'd like to see more people have the love yeah. and respect for horses that, uh, that your characters do. Yeah, clearly some people shouldn't have animals, should they? Absolutely. There should be some sort of a test you have to pass, I think. Yeah. Well, it, it's you empathy know. and understanding. You have a veterinarian. He, she's terrific. Um, you need somebody, let's put it this way, there's always the, the doctor who doesn't seem to give a hoot, and then there's mm-hmm. the veterinarian who would do anything to help some uh, um, animal out, and I loved your character. Now, you're a movie person. You've starred in many, many films. You've appeared in many, many films that we talked about in the beginning uh, during the introduction. Are well, you... I haven't starred in many. <laughs> well, I like to think you're a star. If anybody shows up on screen, to me, you're a star. But you've appeared as an actress in many. Let's put it that way. Okay, okay, I'll take that. So when you're writing a book like this, are you thinking, what would the movie look like? Do you project in your you know, head? No, I tried not to. I really tried to give this novel, you know, everything I could as a novel and not think of it as a screenplay because reading a screenplay is so very different than reading a novel. First of all, I wouldn't have been able to be in Reese's head so much writing a novel, you know, unless it's a really extensive voiceover, which is kind of considered cheating in film. I mean, people do it, but and it, and it works, it, you know, rules are there to be broken in the film world, but but I really, you know, felt strongly that this story was first a novel. And I had never written a novel before. I had written a couple screenplays. And um, and that was, you know, very different. But I guess the only way I can say it is this story came to me with such a strong voice for Reese, the protagonist, that... I was told by a couple of instructors that I was taking writing classes with, they said, you know, this is, this is a novel. And I thought I was actually going to write a, uh, a treatment for a screenplay. When mm-hmm. I signed up for classes, I thought, well, I've got this idea in my head. I'm reading a lot of scripts. I'm reading a lot of bad scripts. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I can just start off by writing this treatment, give it to a real writer, and let them write the screenplay. That, and I think I was just tricking my brain into not looking at this daunting idea of writing a novel. Well, it, it, you said and, you just said real writers. I, I I don't want to embarrass you, but I will anyway. Ben Mesrick, who I've interviewed several times, yeah. had amazing things to say. Joyce Carol Oates. I mean, you can't get a more terrific endorsement than from one of the greatest American novels novelists alive. I was blown away. Yeah, I was just. You know, the, all of the amazing re- people who reviewed. I mean, Carly Simon was just the sweetest and has said the most complimentary things and offered to have me to her place to write in one of their cabins on her, on her place <laughs> at the vineyard. And I met her through Sally Taylor, who's a really good friend of mine. I consider Sally one of my very best friends. And um, that's her daughter. And Sally started this amazing organization called Consensus, which is essentially art-informing art, and it's an exhibit where you go and see each artist has looked at, say, the same photograph, and they express themselves mm-hmm. in their discipline, whether it's painting, songwriting, um, sculpting, anything, and they all express themselves 
based on that one photograph. And it's so weird how they sometimes, each exhibit will tie in something that's not even that's not even necessarily in the photograph, yeah, you know, if they yeah. start with a photograph. It's really, really amazing. And that's how Sally and I got to know each other through her amazing program. And, um, and then she, she and her mother read my book. So I was like kind of awestruck by them. And tell and me about, comments. tell me about your association with Jane Seymour. Everyone knows Jane as a great actress yeah. and so forth so, and an author. She's another amazing woman. You know, all these women who are, you know, I consider so incredibly talented and artistic. Um, You know, I have run into in my life, and they have become my mentors. I mean, mentors are so important, and that's exactly what they have done for me. And and Joyce Carol Oates, I haven't even met her. Hmm. She in a way, from afar, has become my mentor because she got the book through Arthur Vanderbilt, who's a friend of mine, and lives, and they're very dear friends. But to to not even know me and give me a, a you know a quote like that was pretty amazing. And again, I just feel like how open they are and how how sweet they are to give the, their endorsement because their name is everything to them. So Jane, when I was in Ireland, uh, was working on my uh, youth program. It's called You Think, and it is a mentorship program, and it's a, a, a weekend workshop for kids 13 to 18 who would like to experience anything in the arts. And we do writing workshops. We've made movies. We actually just won one of our films, just won at the underground um not the underground, what is it, the um, Independent Dublin Film Festival? Oh, I forget what, what it is, but yeah, we won for the youth um, submission, which was very cool. It was called Bridget and the Wolves, and we shot it in three days, but each kid, for instance, got to experience if they wanted to be behind the scenes, directing, or in costume design, or any department in film, they could experience that. The ones who wanted to be in front of the camera were in front of the camera, and so... Everyone got this sort of, uh, you know, uh, it was such a such a fast learning experience. I mean, trial by fire in, in a film, but they all got to experience whatever it was they wanted to in make in the making of the film. And but we've also done plays. We've done animation. Animation is actually in part of the film. Um, we've worked with brown bag films. They've become our um, facilitators for that uh so they are there for the weekend totally immersed in in anything creative and it has become such a a fun experience for me i mean talk about fulfilling to to see these kids come and spend their time working on whatever it is that our our coordinators our directors have put together and I don't, and 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 be feel totally safe in a place where anything goes in terms of you know creativity. If, if you're writing a story and somebody says something way off the wall, like why don't we do this? It's like sure, why not? <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's the joy of art. That's the joy of yeah. art and where it can take you. And the consensus you talked about is 
so cool when it, it gets elevated to that level. And one more note, um, and this is more of a local thing because you're a Boston person as well as a, an Ireland person, co-chair of the Literary Lights for the Associates of the Boston Public Library. What is that all about? So the Associates are the uh, organization that raises money for all of the, um, the archives at the Boston Public Library, um, historical archives and um, screenplays and pretty much anything that is there at the library that needs, um, needs to be in a safe <laughs> environment. And, um, and so I have been the co-chair. This will be my third year coming up. And it's always a big, fun gala, and they always have amazing speakers. Um, they're, you know, from all, from all walks of life and always recognizable names. And um, it's, a, it's, an incredible, it's an incredible night, and the, the tables are all stacked with these, all these books that you can take home. And, and um, it's always you know, delicious food, and <laughs> it's, it's like the, it's like the, um, I don't know, Academy Awards for liter- <laughs> <laughs> literature in Boston. <laughs> Love it. Well, I'm a big fan of the BPL. I'm there often. I live not too far, and it's, it's, it's one of my favorite haunts, so I'm glad you're involved with that as well. The book is called The Truth About Horses. It's her first novel. You've written some children's books, I know, and uh, this is certainly, I, uh, by the way, it the got to be the greatest feeling in the world to go to the BPL, the Boston Public Library, oldest public library in the country, and see your book on the shelves. I hope it's there by now. <laughs> I hope it's there, too. I haven't checked, but that'll be a fun, you know, that'll be a fun video to put on Instagram. <laughs> Absolutely. Even better if it's not there, if it's on loan and you have to wait for it. That's even better. That means even people... better. Yeah. <laughs> well, Christy, uh, delightful to meet you and to chat with you and to uh, share a bit about the uh, the essence of the truth about horses. It's a really fine novel, and I wish and hope you have great success with this and write more. Way Thank to go. you so very much, and I really appreciate you having me on. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. The Truth About Horses. Go to Christy's website, christycashman.com. You'll see a terrific trailer which outlines the story on the homepage, christycashman.com, The Truth About Horses. Thanks for listening to another one of our great podcasts on the way to number 400, which happens to be next. I want to thank you so much for subscribing and downloading, rating and reviewing the podcast, and telling a friend about it. Really appreciate that. Find out more at jordanrich.com. And until next time, remember to be well so you can do good. Take care. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.